and welcome to Hypochondriac's Almanac. We are very excited to be recording for you guys per use. I am Sarah and I've got my special co-host for the show tonight, special guest star, Darcy. Say hi, Darcy. Hey. <laughs> Darcy is drinking Zinfandel wine and munching oh. on chips and queso. Yeah, dude. It is Friday night. We're here partying. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Friday oh, the 13th. What? What? <laughs> This podcast is for all of you out there who secretly think you have a new disease. Every time you have a sniffle, a slight twinge, or a headache, it's not a tumor. Well, it might be a tumor, but most of the time it's not a tumor. We understand, we identify, and we have definitely scoped out WebMD more than a few hundred times. We are here to talk about weird diseases, strange illnesses, crazy syndromes, rare disorders, and just about anything medically related that's crazy, bonkers, batty in the news. Before we get started, we need to talk about our usual disclaimers. First and foremost, we're not doctors, nurses, or medical professionals of any kind. Please don't take what we say as on this show as medical advice. We're not trying to treat you, diagnose you, or fix any of your medical conditions. If you have an issue, please see a doctor. Don't guess or take what we say as a diagnostic tool. We just want to talk about all the fun, weird, and crazy parts of the medical world in the past, present, and the future. Let's jump right in. Okay. Let's do it. I have this article that I found very, very interesting, and part of the reason for that is because I myself had a service animal for a long period of time. He was with me for 10 years before he ended up getting cancer. Um, However, this article came out, (laughs) and it was on multiple stations, about an emotional support horse who made history (laughs) on an airplane. And granted, it's a mini horse. Yeah, it would have to be. <laughs> but this guy is believed to have made aviation history. Abrea Hensley, 33, suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder. And she says this is due to childhood trauma. Because she is allergic to dogs, her service animal is, get this, a horse. Wow. It's a mini horse, but it's a horse. Mm-hmm. She named the horse Flirty. Flirty. And together, they boarded a plane in Nebraska to fly. It is believed that this is the first time in U.S. aviation history that a miniature horse flew on a commercial airplane. That's pretty wild. Right? Do you imagine, like, you're boarding your plane and, and you you're see like, a That's fucking a horse? Fucking horse. <laughs> so. It's a whole ass horse. She thanked the FAA and said, Hey, this is great. Thank you so much for understanding and for letting me fly with this little guy. But there was a last minute bathroom run for Flirty. So oh, she no. didn't want to get on the airplane. And passengers at Omaha Airport said they could not believe what they're seeing, but everyone on board the plane was pretty much pulling out their phones. <laughs> they were like, we got to get pictures of this. this is fucking crazy. The TSA agents told them that they would make this as easy as possible, that the same rules apply when you're flying with a service dog. Mm-hmm. So she had him all ready to go with the proper documentation to make sure he was safe to travel. Flirty remained calm during takeoff and helped with the pressure. The horse even chewed on pretzels, similar to how humans chew gum. The one-and-one-half-hour flight had some minor turbulence, but Flirty handled it all like an experienced traveler. She was really awesome, very quiet during the whole flight, Hensley said. Everybody was really surprised. Um, But there was one woman who was really not too happy to see the horse at the airport. It's too big. This is crazy. What if it starts kicking people? I don't think it's a good idea, she told reporters. And it's my understanding that the woman who flew with Flirty 
will not do this again. She said there was too much attention. It was too hard. Yeah. He barely fit into the space that he was supposed to fit into. It was just way too challenging to try to coordinate all of this. And when you fly with a service animal for that sort of a reason, you need to get a note from the doctor and you have to have certifications on your animal to make sure it's healthy and safe to fly and everything. So it is mm-hmm. really kind of a process that you have to go through to get this to happen. So it's my understanding that she's determined that she's going to um, take a car <laughs> drive from now on, if at all possible, that flying with a horse wow. was just a little bit too much effort required to... For it's a lot of work worth. to fly with an animal just in general, let alone all of the hoops you have to jump through with a service animal, and that's so a lot of work, for sure. Me, it's not... What I, do you think about emotional support animals? I don't have any problem with that, but I'm a huge animal lover. Like I don't want to see a reptile. I don't particularly care for reptiles, but if that's your thing, if like, if that's the animal that you're attached to and you feel comfortable with, I don't have any problem with it. Like my, I think I've said this before. My dad's a therapist and he has had people bring in their animals to therapy sessions because sometimes there are more people are more comfortable talking to their animals than they are to a therapist. I know, but I think it's getting a little bit out of control. And I think there are people that are taking advantage of the system and they don't really need those true. animals. And so I think that airlines and other states, governments, things like that are cracking down on it and are no are trying to eliminate the um, use of service animals for emotional support. They're saying it's okay if you have a medical need for this, it's a, if it's a seizure dog or a seeing eye dog and that sort of thing. But emotional support, eh, not so much. I think that that's not a job necessarily for the airlines to regulate. I think the regulation needs to happen at the physician level. Right. I think that, I don't think that they're, I don't think they're eliminating it. Just sign off on it. Right. I don't think they're eliminating it completely, but I think that they are tightening the restrictions to make it more difficult because I believe at the moment you just need to go online and certify that your animal is not going to do anything crazy, that it's safe to travel, and that you can pretty much go with that. But to ha- to actually get the emotional support um, classification for your animal, you do need a doctor's note. But that doesn't necessarily have to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. It can be a general practitioner. You right. can go in and say, I have anxiety and my dog makes me feel better. And that can suffice as enough evidence for you needing an emotional support dog. And I think maybe that's probably where the regulation needs to happen. It's probably right. how we how we assign these emotional support classifications to animals. But well, I don't have any problem with whatever animal that, that is best for you. I don't have any problem with that. Well, so what about all the cases now that you're seeing in the news where support dogs are attacking people and biting and doing all kinds of other crazy shit? I think that you should have to certify that your animal, go through a special training course, pay yeah. for it, and certify that your animal is can sit, stay. You know, That's what you're supposed to do. You have to certify, legally speaking, that your dog can mm-hmm. sit, stay. It's not going to go crazy, not going to bite anyone. But I think people can lie. So I think there has to be yes. some sort of a proof that they can give to where you are legally certifying through a course that your dog is well-behaved enough to get the certification. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I think that that's, that's reasonable for any time you take a pet into a public place. You want to make sure that your animal isn't going to harm somebody else. Right. I think that there so, are a lot of people that are taking advantage of the system right now and that are doing things mm-hmm. that they really shouldn't be doing just because they want to fly with their... Chewini or they're like freaking Pomeranian. 
Like I saw a guy, oh God, I don't know. This was a couple years back who had two chihuahuas that he said were his emotional Ooh. support dogs. And they basically sat in the seat next to him the whole time. Just like it, it was clear to me that they, there was a ruse that they, they weren't real right. support. They didn't animals. want to pay the pets flying fee. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard. It's so hard for me to, to not like, you're not supposed to go up and like pet you know, like service animals or whatever. Yeah. And I was actually, I was having lunch the other day at this pizza place and these people were training service animals. And so they had two beautiful German shepherds and they were young. You could tell they were like, Aww. they were you know fully grown, but they were young and they were just laying under the little booth. And I was like, I want to go up and like, right. Them and pet them. To but you're not supposed to, because that's part of their training. But like, it's so hard for me to like, I want to, I want to boop their nose. Not. I want to pet them. I want to scratch their chin, like and get all up in their I little puppy faces. I love them and be like, you're doing so good. <laughs> but like, that's distracting for their actual right. work that they're learning. So but, clearly Darcy yeah. and I are dog people and clearly you should <laughs> never, ever, ever do that because you are distracting that animal from its purpose. And while you're yeah. distracting that animal, they could miss out on warning their owner of a stroke or impending, right. you know, a, paralysis or seizure or whatever. So it's very, very important that you never distract the animal from their owner, their true purpose and intent, which is to help their owner with medical conditions. If that is the case, if it's an emotional support dog, dog is wearing one of those vests or anything, they are working. Never approach. It's not the same as taking your dog to a patio. Right. Never approach, never touch. You can ask, you can ask the owner if you can pet them and they can tell you whether you can or not, but I cannot, My animal was certified as a a service dog, okay? And he'd Mm -hmm. been specially trained for that. But yet, I can't even tell you how many times I was in the grocery store or at an event with my my pup and had little kids just run at him. And parents just let their little kid, like, hey, it's a dog. It's fine. And... I had to stop run up to a dog. You don't know. Yeah. I had to stop. And like, even if it's a trained service animal, if you have a small child running at it and grabbing Mm -hmm. its ears, it's not going to sit there and not react. It's an animal. It's not a piece of furniture. It's not a toy. It's an animal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're never going to have a time where that thing is not going to be unpredictable at some point in its life. If you right. teach and your child the training to make sure that they're mostly predictable, but, but you never know how an animal is going to respond in a situ in an unfamiliar situation. The purpose of training is to make sure that there are very few there to limit unfamiliar situations, right. but you can't, you can't compensate for everything. You right. Just can't. So teach your children not to do that. Mm-hmm. That is really, really important because if you don't, your child is going to run at that dog thinking everything is innocent and they're going to get bit. And then the child is going to be scarred for life. And that dog is either going to have to be put down or put into isolation for a certain amount of time. And everyone will suffer. Teach your children not to do that. That is the only way to prevent that issue from happening. When I first moved to Louisville, um, I had my previous dog, Layla, with me, who was not a service animal. Um, She was just a, a pet. But I had a pretty big backyard, and my fence backed up to, like, a park. And one day, Layla's out there, and I'm kind of, you know, chilling in the backyard. And this man comes up, and he's like, hey, is your dog, like, up on her shots and everything? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, because my, my, my son was kind of, like, 
reaching through the chain link fence to pet her. And what she, the fuck? he said she bit her. He said she bit her. I don't think she did. I think she probably barked and like snapped. Yeah. But I don't think he actually bit her. So I was like, I was like, yeah, she's up on her shots because I'm a responsible pet owner, but you need to be a responsible parent and not let right? your child stick his fingers through a fence. It's not just that. I don't know what's wrong with some of the parents today, but I was in a Vaughn store or an Albertsons. This is before Coop mm-hmm. got sick and he had his vest on and everything. And it was very clearly visible. It said service animal. Do not pet on his vest. Mm-hmm. I'm standing in line at the checkout stand, getting ready to check out. And there's a woman in front of me in the line with a, a little girl who's probably about two years old. As we walked up to stand in the line, the little girl runs from where she's standing with mm-hmm. her mother and basically just grabs Cooper by the ears. <gasps> And I pull Cooper back. He doesn't snap. He doesn't do anything because, you know, he's a good boy. He's not. But he, yeah. I could tell he was scared. His hackles immediately went up on the back of his back. He didn't like to have his ears messed with because he had had yeah. a really traumatic ear infection when I first got him. And he did not like anyone touching his ears. So I could tell he was really upset <laughs> and I picked him up yeah. and I'm like, Hey, like grab your kid. Like what the actual fuck is going on here? I didn't say fuck, but I was like, you need to grab your kid. Like she just grabbed my dog yeah. and she's like, she's two. Oh my God. So? She's just a baby. And I'm like, really? So that's an excuse can run up and grab an animal. Your baby can learn to not run up and grab an animal. So that's an excuse to just let your little girl just run at a service animal. Yeah, no. That's not what he's no. here for. He's not here to be a stuffed animal for your child to pet, love, and play on. And he is grab. here for a specific purpose, and it is not to be yeah. your child's plaything. And she just yeah. looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. She made a big stink. She went to the manager and was like, I can't believe she yelled at me. This girl's crazy, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, the manager was like, this lady is obviously in the wrong. The dog's yeah. in a service vest. He didn't bite anyone. He didn't snap. She's doing what she needs to do. And they took me to a different register and took care of me and everything. But at the same time, I was like, how dare you? How dare you let your child run crazy and say, because she's two, that's an excuse that she can do whatever she wants to do. That's when children get bit and animals get punished because they're doing what they need to do. Because they're scared. It makes no sense to me. And yeah. it is such domesticated animals don't just snap for no reason. It like, is such irresponsible parenting. Provoked. Yeah, it's such yeah. Irres- so irresponsible. And the thing yeah, is that is. woman, really she had one little kid. Her basket was already on the table. There was no excuse for her to not be watching her two-year-old child. She was just inattentive. Yeah, and I said no. Yeah. Don't pet my dog. Don't touch my dog. Don't be anywhere near my dog. He does not like little kids. He is not here to, for you to pet him. Mm-hmm. Like, where the fuck have you been? Do you not realize that a service animal is not supposed to be like attacked? Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's just a good lesson. Don't run up to an animal. Don't grab an animal. Always ask the owner if you can do it. You don't know how the animal is going to respond. If you don't know an animal, just. Just I mean, caution. Just like, that's just crazy that you would use be like, caution. Yeah. Be respectful. That's all I can yeah. say. It's just, it's one of my pet peeves and I, it, I can't say enough about it. Like just be responsible. Yeah. Next topic. Um, we have talked about vaping multiple times on this show, but I found this other article that was just so crazy to me. This was an article by Dylan Thompson. It came out this week. The title was Vaping Illness, Teens' Lungs Aged 50 Years from E-Cigarette Use. 50 oh years. Gosh. This is an 18-year-old kid 
with a vaping-related illness that left him and his lungs closely resembling that of a 70-year-old person. This is a teenager. His lungs should not look like a 70-year-old person. Adam (laughs) Hergenritter, it's a complicated name, he was a student-athlete from Illinois. He started vaping around a year and a half ago, according to CNN reports. Last month, he started developing shivers and nausea that ultimately turned to days of uncontrollable vomiting, which sounds horrifying. Oh, my gosh. He finally went to the doctor, and they did not really suspect vaping as a cause for this, but they took x-rays of his lungs and noticed something was terribly wrong, and that's when they saw the full damage. He spent six Mm. days in the hospital suffering from a severe lung disease that required him to be hooked up to an IV and breathing devices. That's when they told him his lungs look like those of a 70-year-old, which is pretty freaking crazy. It's so scary. Um, He is one of just of nearly 500 Americans speak diagnosed with mysterious vaping related lung diseases that have come up so far in and resulted in his six deaths at least. Mm. The centers for disease control and prevention have yet to find a specific cause for this illness, but it has been identified with a link to e-cigarette usage. Mm. Uh, the Trump administration is, has announced that it is pushing to ban the sale of flavored e-cigarettes because it is believed these cartridges, which often feature fruity flavors like strawberry lemonade and mango, are contributing in mass to teenage vaping in huge numbers. God, this is just like the 90s when, it, when all the commercials were like talking about how cool smoking was. Right. And like they were marketing to kids. It's the same thing with vaping. And this poor kid basically said he started doing it because it tasted good. And then he started buying the cartridges at gas stations when he was mm. underage. Because a lot of people won't card you for those cartridge purchases. Oh, yeah. We all had those places in high school where you knew where kids were going to buy cigarettes because they didn't card. Yeah. Well, don't do it. Um, and the, no, don't the, do it. The, the family and this gentleman are really urging people to share this story and to let your kids know that vaping is not safe, that there is a tremendous outbreak of illness related to vaping and that we should really use tremendous amount of caution for this. If that kind of damage can occur in a young, healthy individual within a year and a half, then who knows right. what could happen. They just don't have long-term results for any of this, long-term studies on the damage these things can do. It is better just not get involved in this. What, what are your thoughts on, on that? I think that, the, that that's exactly right, what you just said, is that we don't know enough. It hasn't been around long enough for us to know the long-term effects of it. Well, and, and, and the bottom line is that it's not regulated. The science behind it. It's not regulated the way cigarettes are. So they could pretty mm-hmm. much put anything in those stupid cartridges and you'd be pulling that shit straight into your lungs. They don't have filters yeah, like exactly. cigarettes do either. So anything mm-hmm. that's in those cartridges is going straight into your lungs with no filter. Yeah. Don't do it. Stay away from vaping. Yeah. Stay away from smoking. Just It's gross. Anything that produces smoke, don't don't inhale it. The bottom line is, like, they've proven that cigarettes cause cancer. There is a conclusive link between cigarettes and cancer. It's stupid. Cigarettes, tobacco, all that shit. Don't get involved in it. If you're going to do something, do weed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not advocating drug use of any kind. (laughs) 
But um, just be careful, folks. It's just it seems yeah. quite obvious to me there. This is dramatic and drastic. So many freaking cases out there. Way too many. Like if you're looking at this and you notice that your kid is is doing it or getting involved in it, do everything you can to get them yeah. out of that and to not let them do that because it's scary for those devices out there. There's a lot of damage that they're doing. Honestly, marijuana is is better. There's actually medicinal effects of marijuana, medicinal uses of marijuana, right, of THC. Only certain CBD. only certain states allow it as legal. First of all, second of all, it mm-hmm. is not federally legal, so Correct. you are still it's putting so yourself legal. up to for prosecution federally if you do that. And third, you have to be t- over the age of twenty one. Yeah. So only just, in the states where it's even legal to begin right. with. Right. So just be aware. You need to be aware of those factors when you're yeah. considering that as an option, and just just be careful. That's yeah. all I can say. Uh, next article. Severely malnourished boy, 13, escapes from home after being forced on a vegan diet. Parents have been charged. Found this Mm. article on AOL. Justin Chan wrote it. This is scary. A malnourished 13-year-old boy was forced to follow a vegan diet, escaped his Ohio home, leading authorities to arrest his parents. The unidentified teenager was found miles away from his home. Freaking scary. At the time he was found, he purportedly weighed 65 pounds. Holy shit. At the age of 13. The kid's father and stepmother demanded that their son follow a strict vegan diet. The child was told that the diet would consist of almonds, bananas, and grapes. And he had to have everything eaten within 30 minutes. That's all? Almonds, bananas, and grapes? Correct. That's barely vegan. What is even scarier to me is this young boy suffered from childhood cancer as an infant and had not been mm. checked on since he was also being homeschooled and told he had to go to church often with his family. Hmm. According to relatives and people who knew this, this young child, he was very self-conscious about the way he looked and would wear multiple sets of clothing to cover up for the fact that he looked very, very skinny and emaciated. He's so underweight. Yeah. Yeah. Upon finding him, authorities took him to the hospital where he was treated for failure to thrive, which is horrifying for a 13 year old kid. When you hear about failure to thrive, you hear about it in babies, not in Mm -hmm. 13 year old teenagers. But he was also suffering from severe malnutrition, refeeding syndrome as well. The doctors expect him to remain in the hospital for about three to four weeks. Wow. The Millers, his parents, also had a three-year-old child and were subsequently indicted by a grand jury on one count of kidnapping, one count of felonious assault, two felony counts of child endangerment, and a misdemeanor of a child, a misdemeanor count of child endangerment. Was the three-year-old taken from their custody? Yes. Mm. The three-year-old child was also underweight, allegedly. Mm. Um, And then they were also, the the father was indicted on a charge of domestic violence based on claims that he committed assault on the 13-year-old when he wouldn't eat the way they told him to eat. The the parents could face up to 22 years in prison, and their bond has been set at $500,000. This case is obviously ongoing. Thoughts? Um... Number one, a vegan diet. should a young child be forced to have, be on a vegan diet before, <clears throat> number one, they are fully developed? Number two, before they have the chance to make the decision to, to decide if that's something that they are interested in or not? 
And three, if it's um, clearly not providing the kind of sustenance they need for normal development and growth. Yeah, let's be very clear. A vegan diet, that's not a vegan diet. That's crazy. Almonds and grapes, that's starvation. Yes. Um, a vegan diet, you can still get all of the macronutrients you need. You can get be- You can get protein from beans. You can get fiber from fruits and vegetables. You can get carbohydrates from fruits. There's very little... Um, there's very little carbohydrates in fruits, but there, but it does exist. So you can still, and you can eat grains in a vegan diet. Yeah. I had a discussion. Um, as, long as, as long as they're vegan. I believe I had a discussion about this in an earlier episode because there was a parent, uh, a couple of parents who were convicted on a case. There was a baby that they had fed mm-hmm. a vegan diet and they had refused to give the baby um, breast milk or formula. They had instead given it a diet of like soy milk and some other different things. They were part of the vegan diet. It was a baby. And the baby I think, was... I think with an infant, that is different than a 13-year-old. Um, but the baby was I clearly think... malnourished. It didn't grow teeth. Its hair wasn't yeah. growing in. I mean, there were clear signs that this young child was suffering from this vegan yeah. diet that they had put it on. And the same thing with this young boy. Clearly he was suffering from this severely restricted diet and the parents failed to take action. And that's, I, I think, think the biggest thing lies. with any diet. And when I say diet, I don't mean lose weight diet. I mean, restrictive uh, eating. No, I, I, a diet just means the food that you're taking in. Right. So the diet that you follow whether be it vegan, be it vegetarian, be it pescatarian, be it keto, be it whatever. The biggest thing is if you're going to have follow one particular diet, you have to educate yourself on the macronutrients that you still need and how to get those macronutrients. If you're not getting them from meats, you need to get them from plant-based proteins. You need to get them from supplements. You need tofu has has protein in it, you need, you have to educate yourself on the macronutrients. And that's what these parents failed to do for this growing child. That's, that's the thing. So it's not necessarily that he couldn't have followed a vegan diet at 13. It's that they weren't providing for their child, the macronutrients he needed as a developing young person. Yeah. And now for a, a baby, it's completely inappropriate. Yeah. Um, and the thing was, I think doctors in these particular cases are making it very, very clear that it is possible to get all the nutrients that you need from a vegan diet. Yes, it is. But you have to be aware of the different proponents or different components of this diet that make up enough nutrients for the child. And you have to be aware that if your child is not thriving, whether they're two months old or whether they're 13 years old, if your child is emaciated, his hair is falling out, he's obviously well below his weight, Mm -hmm. then you've got a problem. And I think this is not, I I think this is not a vegan issue because I think they throw, they throw the vegan, vegan they throw the vegan in there to kind of get people like talking and to sort of drum up some sorts of um, craziness surrounding that. But to me, that's not a vegan diet. It's not. That's barely a raw food diet. Right. It's just, I think it's parents severely restricting the diets of their children. That's not vegan. And I I wonder what the parents' diet is like in these cases. Do you, don't you? Like, are the the parents eating hamburgers and just making the child survive on on almonds? I I think a lot of the times with a vegan diet, the, I, people adopt a vegan diet because, um, 
for altruistic reasons regarding animals and animal cruelty, because the way that we like we raise animals to be consumed as food is not the most humane. And I think that everybody I know that's ever adopted a vegan diet has done it for that reason. Um, so I don't think that the parents are feeding, are eating hamburgers while they're feeding their kid a pile of almonds. I think that they're probably also adopting a vegan or very limited raw food diet, but they didn't have the information to either sustain themselves or their child. Right. I mean, that's, that's child abuse. Yeah. I mean, the nutritional needs of a two month old or a 13 year old are very different from the nutritional needs of a 30 year old man or woman. Right. And there's no reason why breast milk wouldn't be vegan. Correct. So I think these are some scary cases and I don't think this is a norm by any stretch of the imagination. I think there has got to be some kind of mental illness or sick, sadistic punishment fetish sort of a thing with people who are involved in these sorts of cases. Don't you think? I think it's probably, I I probably lean more toward mental illness and lack of education. Right. But that's the biggest thing. If you're changing your diet in any capacity, you have to educate yourself about what it is that your body needs and how to get those nutrients from this new diet. It just seems like it would be so simple to verify and check and do a little bit of research. Like, what the fuck is wrong with these parents? You can find information about a, Google, a vegan diet on Google. Right. It's not, it, you don't have to go into, like, nutrition, scientific literature. You don't have to pay for anything. You can find plenty of information freely available on a, on a search engine. That's just laziness. Negligence it's, and laziness. It's negligence, I think, is probably the word I'd use. It's negligence. Yeah. Just awful. Awful, awful, yeah. awful. And this poor child, 13 years old and, like, 60 pounds. That's, that child is going to be traumatized yeah. for the rest of his life well, for this and bullshit. And it's very likely he could have long-term health effects because Absolutely. of Absolutely. It's just... He could have a vitamin D deficiency. I mean, so there's sad. vitamin D in almonds, but... Not you know, probably from have, a handful. Some, You'd probably have to eat have a whole bag of them. He could have vitamin D deficiency. He could have a numerous deficiencies long-term that, that are going to affect his long-term health because of this. Well, I hope that, you know, he's getting the care he needs and that they're going to put him with a foster family that will love and care for him the way he deserves to be loved and cared for because that's what every child deserves. Right. Again, if there's any case where parents need to be fucking licensed, it's right here. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone is a good parent. Not everyone deserves to be a parent. And it just is frightening that anyone can just run out there and have a kid and do whatever they want. And the state's not allowed to get involved because that's the way we like it here in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Next case. Another case of very interesting (laughs) shit going on. Uh, I found this, uh, people, People Magazine is an article by Claudia Harmada, and I have heard so many of these stories. I believe there's actually a series on TLC Channel or one of the other ones. This article is titled, Nevada Woman Gives Birth 24 Hours After Finding Out She Was Pregnant. (laughs) That's a surprise. Let me share this information for you. Monica Thompson had been trying to conceive for 16 years with no luck. At 46 years old, She felt like it was not in the cards for her. All of her friends had had babies and she didn't. She was real sad and depressed. And she started experiencing stomach cramps and nausea in October of 2018. 
and did not for one moment think pregnancy was the, the issue that was causing this. Sure. So she goes to the doctor. The doctor comes in and says, you think you might be pregnant? And she's like, yeah, right. I'm 46. There's no way. I'm too old. I'm going through menopause. Uh-huh. Thompson had just lost 20 pounds following a healthy lifestyle change. And looking at her, you would have never known she was not showing, she says. However, uh-huh. blood work revealed that she was, in fact, pregnant. And doctors estimated she was about seven and a half months into her pregnancy at that point. She was totally shocked. She said, it's like hitting a brick wall. You're having a baby now. Her fiancé, who she had been began seeing after her husband died in 2016, was also surprised. Even more surprising was when she had to be rushed to the hospital the next day. Doctors wow. told her she was in active labor and she was already dilated to about five centimeters. Her son, Jaden, oh was born the next day via emergency <laughs> cesarean section, weighing just three pounds, nine ounces. He was rushed to NICU wow. where he was held until he was ready to go home. But she was totally freaked out. She had to call her boss and coworkers and tell them, hey, <laughs> I just had a baby. I didn't know. <laughs> Everyone has been very supportive of her. Her son is now 11 11 months old and was completely unexpected for her. She always wanted to be a mother, and now she feels she is super complete. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's unpack this a little bit. All right. How the fuck do you not know, like, eight months in that you're not pregnant? Like, for real? For real. It happens. Because you can still get a period when you're pregnant. And you could not show when you're pregnant. So you think it's completely possible and Not only legit. do I think it's possible, I know somebody that this happened to. Holy shit. Tell me about it. What happened? Um, I mean, that's pretty much the whole story. She didn't realize she was pregnant, and then she was maybe she found out when she was maybe seven months, seven and a half months. So are these, like, and she has grossly any... obese people? Like, how can no, normal-sized people, like you and I... Like, she granted, didn't show at all. Darcy, you're, like, what? Like, 5'10"? Five, 5'10", ten? Five, ten, yeah. Like, maybe... 180. I don't feel comfortable putting that on the online. So like Darcy <laughs> looks to me like when I look at her, she looks like an average weight, normal for her height, attractive girl with a, just a, an athletic kind of a build. Same with myself. I'm like five, nine, probably weigh about 160. Same sort of a thing. How the fuck do you not know you're pregnant? Like you have a baby inside of you and a, a sack yeah. filled with amniotic fluid how do you not notice a fluctuation in your weight? She, the, this person that I know this happened to did not show at all. And How she big was small. a freaking baby? She was like five, 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 six, and she was very, very thin and athletic, and she didn't show at all. How big was the baby? And her baby is, uh, I don't know how big he was when he was born, but he's completely healthy. What the fuck? He wasn't yeah. born premature. It's just so weird. Wasn't anomaly. undersized when no. he was born. Yeah, he wasn't premature at all. There were no complications or anything. She just didn't know she was pregnant because she was still getting a period until maybe the sixth month or so. That's crazy. And that's when she found out. Yeah. I guess for me, just being, you know, a big boned, tall, kind of athletic sort of a girl, babies in my family are really big. They're like nine pounders. So I just find it hard to believe that a baby of that kind of a size and caliber would not be detectable at some point. (laughs) I mean, he may like he may have been small. He may have been like five or six pounds, but she's not very big. So it's not like she was carrying a 10 pound baby. How do you explain that? Like the kicking and like, 
I just, I want to talk to these people and I want to know what the hell Honestly, is going on. Like, I have heard that it's like, if you don't know, like if, if it's not something that you're anticipating, cause maybe you don't know you're pregnant, like maybe they thought it was gas or indigestion or something. I mean, if that's not like, if you're, if you, if you're 47, you think there's no way you're, you're pregnant. This is not happening in the cards for you. And then you have like stomach cramps. You're not thinking this must be a baby. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I want to talk to this. I think people. it's a hundred percent believable. I want some details. I can understand if it's a person who is obese and they're already mm-hmm. carrying extra weight. So like just a couple extra pounds is really not detectable on someone who's 25 or more pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. But an average person with an average weight to not detect a baby growing in the uterus with amniotic fluid in a sack seems crazy. I've seen it. Seems like you're not in touch with your body at all. I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't know how it happens, but I've seen it. I mean, I know specifically somebody that's happened to. I feel like there are so many signs and symptoms. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I, the biggest sign is you miss your period. And if she, you're, she's still got her period. And here's these two chicks who've never had kids at all. Who've never been pregnant talking about pregnancy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The little I know. We are but experts. I mean, that's the biggest sign. Like you miss your period. And so you're like, okay, I'm sexually active. I miss my period. I'm going to take a pregnancy test. If you don't miss your period, you don't have a reason to think that you might be pregnant. So do you want kids? No, I don't think so. What would you do if this happened to you? Would you freak out? Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know of a better response. Yeah, I'd freak out. I don't. Some fucking immaculate conception right up in this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, well, this is interesting. How did this happen? From what I know about science. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I don't know. Have if you ever I found have, out at like eight months? I don't know what I would do. Have you ever watched that show on the TLC channel about the like? I didn't no, know. No, I, I don't pregnant. watch reality TV. Those ladies on that show are just like Honey Boo Boo's mom. <laughs> just like yeah. straight up out of the freaking Louisiana. But those are the swamps. people that make good TV, right? It's probably scripted. Yeah, it's gotta be scripted. It's manipulated in some way. They, it's, it's, yeah. You see this woman, she's got like everyday people. This woman has got like four teeth missing in the front and like two below. And she's like looking at the camera and she's, her hair is kind of frazzled and frizzy and she looks like 80 and she's like, I didn't know I was pregnant. And when that baby came, I just grabbed it. And I ran. <laughs> just like ran. Where did she run? I don't even know what's <laughs> happening with this right now. I do not understand. This is way too complicated. She's probably like at least fifty pounds overweight. Is I mean, I don't know. Like as if you're if as long as you're a good responsible parent. Once you find out you're going to be a parent, I think that's really all that matters. Yeah, you know but I mean? those stories are like women that like go to the bathroom in like a public restroom in like a Taco Bell and like fucking a baby pops out. <laughs> like, I had no idea I was pregnant. And I went to yeah. Taco Bell restroom and I peed and I was like, oh shit, I got cramps. And then the baby popped out into the toilet. To be honest, though, that seems like it would be not to have a baby in a Taco Bell bathroom. But if you don't 
have like symptoms of pregnancy or you're not going through like active labor contractions where it's not like mind numbing pain. That doesn't sound half bad. Right. <laughs> if like that's if like if you just go all of a sudden you like you find out and I mean you're able to go to a hospital or whatever, not have a baby in a Taco Bell bathroom. But <laughs> if you don't have medical symptoms of pregnancy. I mean, Fuck yeah. I'm on board yeah. for that. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I think we've got some good stuff in here. Definitely some good stuff. <laughs> so long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our little podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please keep them to yourself. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Send us an email. We're at hypoalmapodcast at gmail.com. Podcast.addict is our handle on Twitter and Instagram. Please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your best life. Bye. Say bye. Special guest star, Darcy. Thank you. Bye.